When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Amanda, are you sad you didn't go to Coachella? I did not know it was Coachella. I mean, I did know that it was Coachella, but I forgot until this Saturday morning at like 9.30 a.m. when in a moment of like desperation with my own life, I started Googling Palm Springs hotels to see if oh, there God. was any like last minute <laughs> Saturday night Palm Springs deal where I could, you know, go for like a small amount of money and be by the pool for a second. And then Imagine my horror when I realized that I was Googling Palm Springs hotels for Coachella weekend. This is Coachella. Next weekend's Coachella. And after that is Stagecoach. So no Palm Springs for you for several weeks. Sorry. That's okay. Or by the way, the hotels were not at all affordable. Probably (laughs) had something to do with Coachella. Yeah, seriously. I also had forgotten and then remembered. It's usually like a very big event on the Bachelor calendar. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I mean, that's how... I, honestly, that's kind of how it came to light. I was just doing a check-in on Bachelor Reddit. And I was like, oh, here's pictures of people at at Coachella. Okay. We're going to talk more about Coachella. But first, I'm going to catch you up on what happened yeah. last night on the internet. Sure. I, I mean, I saw what happened on the internet. I logged onto the internet and I saw a lot of people tweeting about Netflix technical difficulties. And then I saw that you and Callie weren't going to be able to podcast, which is a loss to the community at large. <laughs> Netflix really fucked us over. I just yeah. a pro- programming note. Our podcast has gone from being recorded Sunday night and going up immediately to being recorded Tuesday morning. I'm sorry, but we're busy. Netflix tech screwed us over and the NBA playoffs are happening. And unfortunately, sometimes that has to take precedent. So... They really fucked it up. The first indication I got 
that something was wrong was on your Instagram story, which is I that's that's kind of my priority of how I'm checking the internet. I'm opening it's Instagram. Really nice. Thanks, Amanda. I make myself like look through the feed first and then I look at stories as a reward. Oh, interesting. And then and then I go to like Twitter and the internet at large, right? But Instagram is my happy place. So I, I started, I always check it out. You're at the top of my algorithm, just so you know, I don't <laughs> miss a story. And I thought you were leading with the right sentiment. Would you like to share what you posted? Yes. First, I felt hypnotized by the hold screen. Okay. And then I was very sad and concerned about whoever was responsible for last night's live stream. I mean... Yeah. Just had to have been one of the worst nights of their professional life, if if not the worst night. I mean, of course. what happened is Netflix had been teasing that the Love is Blind reunion would be streamed live, their second ever live broadcast following last month's Chris Rock show, which Amanda and I briefly touched on. Go, go back and check it out. <laughs> And the live stream never happened, although it kind of happened. So I had a few texts about this, one with Callie, one with our comrades here at The Ringer who cover reality TV on Morally Corrupt and with my camp friends. And everyone was like sat down. They're like, fine, I guess we're watching this live. And everyone just sat down at their, their TV waiting and waiting. And then ultimately I gave up. I was like, I... I was like, Callie and I are not going to be able to do this pod tonight now, but just based on a couple different factors. So it's nine o'clock. It's, it was like nine 15. I was like, I'm just going to have to watch succession. I can't have that spoiled for me. And I know that I'm going to be on the internet as a result of this love is blind situation. So the live stream didn't, didn't happen for me, but the live stream did kind of happen because a few of my camp friends were able to watch it live, like, but they couldn't go back. And there were some other like technical flubs, but so like some of them saw it last night, but me, I had to wait until 3 PM Eastern for it to appear to appear on platform in the middle of my fucking work day. We're here. It's 3 43 PM. I'm not watching love is blind. It's 86 minutes. And it was just like such a mess. And the thing is that nobody wanted this. Nobody wants the love is blind reunion to be live nobody's like, give us that mess and make it four hours. Like it's 86 minutes with like 10 participants and the little shays. And like, that's just not something that anyone's like, we need that live. There's almost nothing that I actually want live other than sports, which is the problem of cable television and streaming TV right now. And right. And also it's, it's Netflix's problem going forward because these live broadcasts are widely understood as to be an experiment and a way to figure out the technology before they start trying to host sports. Major setback for that last night. Just so embarrassing. Also they did like a, a funny tweet like five minutes in that was like, love is dot, dot, dot late. We'll be on in 20 minutes promise. And then they had to like apologize an hour and a half later. And then they had to release something on Monday at noon Pacific, which is just like a terrible time to release something on a streaming platform. <laughs> and it's just such a mess. And also like the moment around love is blind is now going to be the hour we all spent waiting until people were like, fuck it. I'm watching succession instead, or fuck it. I'm going back to, Right. Clippers sons. This is a really good game. Like I had other options and I, I went for them cause I was annoyed. And also my podcast plans were fucked up. On the one hand, it is a real Testament to Netflix and whatever is going on with love is blind, which I've managed to completely block out except for when I talked to you, Juliet, uh, that like every, this, that this was such a thing. Everyone was like sitting down waiting to watch this. You guys are all completely, into it and then 
it didn't work. And that became like the talk of the internet. It is a really interesting phenomenon. Like love is blind itself. Sean Fennessy and I were discussing this too. Like, I think this show is really, really popular with millennial women, like across the board. Like, I just Mm -hmm. think that like basically women like 28 to 42, just like fucking love this show. And I think it really over indexes with that one specific demo. And that's like the demo that is still like outside of like huge football fans. It's still like, okay, I'll sit down for this on Sunday night. Sure. Like, and I think that's like a very small group and they they blew it. The, The other thing that's really interesting is that a couple of these a few of these couples are a little bit older. And I think that also contributes to millennial women liking the show. Cause it's like, okay, one of this, one of these women is like 36 and others like 32. Whereas like on the bachelor, the women are like all under 27 You're just watching a bunch of 22 year olds. There are some young people on the show too, but I do think there's like in some ways a bit of a buy-in when you're, when it's like women who are like, yeah, I gave up on dating. And like now I'm on love is blind or, or just, you know, once you get to a certain age, you just like, can't, be caring about like 20, you know, 23 year olds yeah. in the same way anymore. Sorry. Again, I'm just like, <laughs> you're young and you're going to figure it out. I have a different perspective than I did, but I, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just different, but like, it is an interesting phenomenon. And I think this will be the end of it. Like, I just think that, wow. The, yeah. I, not just because of the live fiasco, but I do think that's like a really unfortunate note, but they started casting for this season of love is blind. I think in the fall of 2021 and then they filmed, I believe, like last late winter, early spring 2022. Now here we are in 2023. And in that time, there's now been four seasons of Love is Blind. People have seen it. People know what it's about. And I think this is a show that like, if you have a lot of information, like it's just very hard for people to, to for both viewers and cast to like fully buy in. And we kind of talked about this around the Gwyneth Paltrow trial. Like people, one of the reasons I think this show is like so intoxicating is because it does a really good job making it seem like it is real and people are like really going for it. But even with this cast, there's three happy couples, which is great. But there's also a lot of other rumors about like this person was in it for the fame. And like these people, you know, were just trying to like get a ring only, or whatever. Only one person who's in it for the fame? Only one. <laughs> yeah. And I just think that like the more people know about a show, the harder it is to keep it like quote unquote pure. And I, and so I think that like this show is, is kind of like reaching its expiration with that. Cause like, as you said, like, so it is so popular and it was the eighth biggest show in English language in 2022 on Netflix. So, but so what, that's an 18 month run. Well, it's really the show of COVID. I mean, season one came out in January or February of 2020. So it's been a real, it's, it's been a good three plus years. Also, it's probably pretty cheap to make. I think they shoot the pods in like a warehouse in San Diego and then they take them on vacation. It's a short production window. It's like a month. So that to me seems like a pretty good run for like a internet bound pop cultural phenomenon that, you know, I understand that it's also like a real life TV show that, that just sort of yeah. seems like how things go now. Right. You get like two, three years in the zeitgeist, then everyone moves on to the next thing. You know, The Bachelor is such a, like, outlier in these, like, in this context because everyone gives it their time and then moves on. So, I don't know. It seems like it's okay except for the technical disaster that that happened. Which is really more of a Netflix problem than a Lowe's Blind problem. But, boy, it's a huge problem. It's really bad. I mean, like... So, you haven't seen it still? No. As of recording? Wow. I would have changed my schedule for you. 
Oh, it's only, it's fine. It's 86 okay. minutes long. I don't know. Callie and I can't, I mean, schedules. Listen, we had a plan. We were ready to go I know. on Sunday Listen, night. Don't, and, I know. I get it. And there's, there's basketball to be watched. There's work to be done. Mm-hmm. And this is an 86 minute show that I know is going to like be disappointing. So I don't yeah. know. What even is at stake on the reunion show? At, like finding out like who's still together, but like that's out. I mean, they just really fucking blew it. Just okay. Netflix fine if you want to do live sports i get it i understand that needs to be live but truly nothing else on your platform needs to be live not a not a thing yeah it doesn't seem like anything will be after this for a while this is like this is bad you know it's really bad if it's like if it cuts through the way that it did like i don't know if you saw this but like Stephen a smith was tweeting about it last night who had just (laughs) who had spent like hours upon hours on television this weekend right watching who by talking about hoops like if he's tweeting about it, it's bad. Know it's, yeah, it's bad. no, it's like it's like the the <laughs> failure is absolutely the thing, and this is like I don't know, tough, tough couple, tough year for Netflix. It's fine though, it's Netflix. Stock's down today, so I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on back to Coachella. The main thing that caught my eye initially about Coachella, yes. Leonardo DiCaprio was there, rumored to be with Irina Shayk, which like I don't know. I just feel like this is goes against everything I've learned from from Bachelor Nation, but. Just feel like things that happen at Coachella like don't really count as like real life like entanglements to to borrow a phrase from Jada Pinkett Smith. So I don't know. Maybe there's something happening there. Maybe not. Who's to say? I don't. I don't really care. My honest reaction when I saw that headline was like, "Have they not dated already?" <laughs> and I don't mean that. I mean that with like respect for each of them and their storied careers, you know, but it's like two people who are in the headlines a lot having entanglements. I was like, oh, I didn't know this is a first time thing. Yeah, same. But that was sort of besides the point for me, because what really caught my eye was that Leonardo DiCaprio was at Coachella Mm -hmm. and he was wearing a mask around his chin. Like Mm -hmm. he had previously had his his COVID or something else mask on. He had lowered it. Mm -hmm. He was in a big crowd. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him. I, I know he's been masking pretty diligently. I saw it when he was at the Adele thing, whenever that was like a year ago, he was like, it was outside. And I think he was one of the few people masking and every, on almost every picture I've seen of Leonardo DiCaprio in the last three years, he's been with mask. I just think that it, I have some questions for him, about what he's protecting against or who he's protecting. If he's in a horde of people at Coachella with his mask down, that's, Do just, that's it. Don't you think that he's wearing the mask like entirely for privacy or to be slightly incognito? Like, don't you think putting aside, you know, the many tragedies of COVID, like mask culture was a real boon to Leonardo DiCaprio, who otherwise like can't go anywhere without being photographed. And he still is photographed. You know, he was at the U.S. Open sitting in the back, the only person in a mask. But I have interpreted it as much as a just like some attempt at Mm. privacy than anything to do with, you know, epidemiology. I I buy that for when he's like riding his bike on the yacht, walking down the street on the beach, but like in a box at the U S open or whatever, or like in a VIP area at Coachella. I mean, Coachella has a lot of people. That could be for the dust, by the way, I guess. Sure. Pollen, you know, like oh, there are all sorts dust. of reasons. Amanda, come on. I mean, how many years have you been watching Coachella on the internet? It's for dust. I <laughs> I've been watching it many years, but I don't really pay attention to like the ecosystem of of Coachella. But there there there's pollen and stuff in the desert. You I know, know. 
right? No, I, I, I don't know. There are like things growing and blooming. It's been very rainy in California. Maybe you've read like 50,000 headlines about it. So all of the growth is really on the next level. I don't know. I'm dealing with my own allergies. I'm just trying to sympathize. But you're right. Also dust. All right. Fair enough. But I was just, I was just like, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. He's so funny. I don't know. I love Leo. Is that wrong? No, I think it's okay. I think it's great. Are you excited for Killers of the Flower Moon, which is four hours long? I hadn't heard of it until this moment, so can't say I am. You, so you haven't heard about the Martin Scorsese film starring Jesse Plemons and Leonardo DiCaprio, adapted from the David Grant novel, premiering at Cannes that is almost four hours long? No, I hadn't. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's like a thing. We've been waiting for this movie to be released for like three to five years. Like Leonardo DiCaprio has been like living in Oklahoma part time filming it for for many years at this point. And four now hours sounds too long. Yes, it's quite long. All movies are like forever now. I have to go see a three hour movie this afternoon. I don't know what to tell what you. What is it? Bo is afraid. Don't know it. It's directed by Ari Aster, who directed Hereditary oh, and Midsommar. Sure. Sorry. Bo is afraid stars walking. I do Phoenix. know Bo is afraid. Yeah. Okay. I know about it via Sean Fantasy. Mm hmm. I, d- I get too scared to see horror movies, so I can't see that. I get really scared. Do you get scared at horror movies? Uh, I get annoyed primarily at this point. I think I, I had two. I had two like primarily bad experiences that really scared me. Okay. That I think I just never recovered from. What were they? Well, one is I went to see The Strangers because Scott Speedman was in it, and I didn't okay. know it was about senseless violence. Right. And I went to see it by myself when I was in college and I was fucking terrified. It sure. Was like, yeah. The scariest moment ever. And then honestly, I saw Scream, the first Scream, too young and it mm-hmm. freaked me out. I was yeah. like, a slasher movie? I, and like, I didn't get it because I was very young. And yeah, it scared, it scared me. I remember, see, I saw Scream at home or at my, in my aunt's home at the basement and they let me watch it in the basement by myself and I was like nine and and you would have been even younger. So yeah, yeah I saw, it was scary. I saw it in theaters. I was like, this is very scary. I oh, that's I was, really upsetting. Yeah. I didn't get it and I didn't get it. So I wasn't yeah. like, I didn't wasn't aware of like the satire of the slasher movie. So that was rough. I rewatched so. it recently. I rewatched all the screams recently. They're pretty entertaining. Yeah. I, I great, don't great really movie. enjoy all the gore and violence, but it doesn't, I really don't enjoy it, but it doesn't scare me. So I just spend most of my time like being kind of annoyed, you know, mm. or enjoying the premise. I really like Midsommar, the Ari Aster movie. If you haven't seen it, it stars Florence Pugh. I think you might like it. I mean, it's messed up, but it's it's not like, I mean, it is scary, scary, but I get it's too scared. I'm sorry. Okay. It's, it's all in daylight. Nevertheless. All right. That's that's fine. So <laughs> Leo is Leo's in another Martin Scorsese movie that I think a lot of people are looking forward to, myself included. Just so will you he, know. That's will he will he mask in the south of France? Probably, right? I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Yeah. It will really give us a lot of interesting data points to help us understand why he's continuing to mask in counterintuitive places. Maybe he won't during photo calls, but right. you know, like off hours. I can't wait to find out, honestly. I'm much more excited about that than this four-hour movie I haven't heard of. Okay. (laughs) Martin Scorsese movie. Have some respect. Anyway. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles. 
because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Other news from Coachella. Mm-hmm. The internet informed me that it's a really big deal that Vanessa Hudgens didn't go. It's a yeah. real end of, end of a Coachella era. Yeah. I do think in general, it seems like a more muted Coachella. Like even among like like young celebrities. Like who was the most famous person you saw that was at Coachella? Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. I'm thinking. I saw a picture of Margaret Qualley and uh, Lana Del Rey hanging out together and oh. looking cool. That's a fun duo. That's cool. That was it. I was like, oh, they look, they were wearing floral dresses. I think it was from this year's Coachella. If it was from a previous Coachella, sorry. That's got to be one of the like hippest, like, and I don't They mean were vibing. Like, it's like a very like cool duo. I would be intimidated to be in their proximity. Yeah. I was like, oh, good for them. I guess Coachella is still a nice. thing. Then I moved okay. on with my life. Cool. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I saw Haley Bieber and Justin Bieber. She was like consoling oh, him. I did see that. Yeah. I, a lot of like reality people were there. It's like, okay. a, it's like a, it's big for reality stars and not as big as it used to be. I think that might be it, but I, I have to say, I, I feel like the riot, the re, the return of the floral dress is a great development for Coachella. I liked mm-hmm. a lot of people's outfits more than usual. Florals for spring groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, whoever thought of that. <laughs> Free blooms. So smart. Anyway, it seems like people had a good time. I'm like a little bit tempted to watch some Frank Ocean set on YouTube. But I heard that it wasn't streaming. I heard that you couldn't watch it. Oh, really? I yeah, that's to see what his, I saw. Me too. Lyrics of White Ferrari. Or yeah, new- it wasn't streamed. That's, yeah, it's tough. It. Wow. I said, is this, is this what it's like when old people talk about pop culture now? I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Coronation update. We've got some performers. Yeah. Katy Perry. Why is Katy Perry uh, doing this? What else is Katy Perry up to? She has been making some weird headlines lately, like just like (laughs) random Katy Perry stories. I'm a little bit worried about her. Also, the funny thing is like, I would say of of all of the like mega famous pop stars, she's among the worst live. I've seen her live. She's really bad. Like she's like, she's funny, but she's bad. I too have seen her live. And I had a nice time. 
but it was, you know, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance surrounding her. It was a, a big, crazy arena show, not exactly mm-hmm. like a a vocal recital, if you will. I saw her at like a charity show at the Hollywood Bowl and like she didn't have the acoustics for, for that storied venue. Okay. The other, the other, the other headline she was in was that Northwest came on her, came on stage at her Vegas show over the right. weekend. Yes. With Kim Kardashian. Although I wonder if that connection was made when she had the song with Kanye West, Dark Horse or ET, one of those. Anyway, I just don't understand why she's doing this. Orlando Bloom. I mean, like, is it because he's like, a member of the Commonwealth. Like I just I, don't I, get it. I don't think that that has anything to do with it. <laughs> it seems like as you, as we have previously noted, every single other person besides Lionel Richie said, no, the people who will be headlining the concert are Katy Perry and Lionel Richie. I enjoy the music, Lionel Richie. Two American and, Idol judges. Exactly. There you go. And Katy Perry said yes, which to me just suggests that she's not getting as many calls as she used to. And so she got this call and she said, okay, I'd love to do it. Do you think that King Charles has ever heard a Katy Perry song? I think it'd be almost impossible for him to have not have heard a roar. It's just like very all over the place. I feel like it definitely played during the 2012 Olympics, which is the peak of British culture, in my opinion. That's true. But were they playing an American song during At the... At some point, probably. Okay. I just feel like Roar's was also really big. It seems that Roar was released in 2013. So oh my God. So it wasn't playing at the it Olympics. It was not playing at the Olympics. Shit. I still think he heard it. Do you think he watches the Super Bowl? I do not think that King Charles watches the Super Bowl. Do you think he knows about Left Shark? <laughs> I don't think that he knows about <laughs> Left Shark or Baby Shark. <laughs> I forgot about Left Shark. I... I don't know when he would have come into contact with the Katy Perry song. Like what, how, give me the situation. Because not about, the 2012 Olympics. What situation is he encountering the music? A fireworks show that has the Katy Perry song firework. All right. What fireworks show is he attending that's playing the Katy Perry song firework? I don't know. I feel like rich people love private fireworks. They're just like, yeah, I'll just set those off in the backyard. Right, But you think like, the rich people firework shows that he's going to on like private estates in the UK are trotting out Katy music. Perry as the, but like, even if they're trotting out music, you think it's Wait, Katy Perry. You know where they definitely had a Katy Perry song is at Harry and Meghan's wedding reception. Like 100%. Do you think he po- stayed that long? Great question. Yeah. I think yes. Okay. I, I'm not 100% certain that they pl- played Katy Perry at the portion of the wedding when King Charles was there. Because number they, one, I think he left early. Okay. Number two, these things tend to skew British. Remember, it was like a huge deal that Ellie Goulding sang at like Kate and William's well, wedding. Yeah. 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 And you're just like, it's Ellie Goulding. I mean, I like those songs, but like, come on, you know, <laughs> it's, but he's British. So I would just point it out. I'm not 100. You can't prove it. You can't prove that he's heard a Katy Perry song. No, I can't prove it. But I will just say in terms of the we- the wedding reception, they're really basic. And I just feel like they would think it's like a fun song to have at your wedding. I think it's a fun song to have at a wedding. I'm not it above is, yeah. Katy Perry. I'm oh, just saying. Teenage Dream is one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah, this correct. That whole album, honestly, was sort yeah, of like the, the peak of a certain that I mean, decade. Unfortunately, pop-up. she was Dr. Luke's muse. Yeah. And that's what happened to her career is that she stopped working with Dr. Luke because he was exposed to be, you know, a creep, a harasser and an abuser. 
So, right. So now she's doing the coronation. She will be there. Megan will not. Harry's no. going solo. They released a statement. I, I have to be honest. They did this in a way that kind of feels like an L for everyone. Like there are no winners from this. I think the only winner is Megan, honestly. Do you think she is? Because it's like there's something about putting up such a extended fight because there have been so many stories. Their teams are clearly just like leaking back and forth nonstop in the papers, which is all like extremely ugly. And I'm like, you can't even pre- if she were just like staying in California unbothered, I would be like, that's a win. But it's just very clearly unbothered. She's very clearly bothered or their yeah. camp is, you know? So I'm just like, everyone looks silly. You know, I think I just have a slightly different, like internalized view of her since watching the, the Netflix series where, and also his press tour and the things he wrote in his book, where I just feel like, I feel like their agendas are slightly different. And I feel like they're probably both bothered by this, but in a way where for her, it's more like about the narrative versus like actually like wanting something from the family. And so if you don't have to go, that's like a really long flight from, from California. And like, you don't have to deal with these people that you hate and that hate you. That seems like a win. I mean, I agree. I just can't tell whether it, anyway, it just seems like everyone is being really petty about one of the stupidest ceremonies that I will definitely watch on Saturday morning, you know, <laughs> like, so I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just like, if I were, if she were a normal person, she wouldn't want to go. So I guess I'm just giving her normalcy points. That's nice. That right. I, I, I agree with that. I, I still am recovering from the Prince Harry book. I read that book. So that you didn't have to. So I'm I'm still salty. <laughs> On the topic of uh, releasing or like leaking to the press, mm-hmm. after we discussed Taylor Swift's breakup last week, she mm-hmm. was seen going out for dinner with Margaret Qualley and Jack Antonoff in the village in New York City. The photos were taken by Backgrid, and mm-hmm. she is wearing like bejeweled denim that sold out instantly afterwards. She looks very put together, but casual. She's going to a, she went to a notorious restaurant for celebrities in the West village. And the fact that the photos are taken by Backgrid had me wondering, did she stage those photos herself or did her camp? I assumed that she did as soon as I saw them. And I honestly appreciate it. There's no harm in that because the photos are of her leaving dinner with friends and she looks nice and yeah she did like she's not like but you know she's just like i'm a human being i'm being normal again i feel empathy for these people who are in their early 30s and redirecting the course of their lives you know (laughs) (laughs) this breakup really hit you hard now that you're upset about it but you just you really feel for them i i don't think it's easy you know, so <laughs> I get it. You want to just stage a little paparazzi tour and be like, I'm okay. I'm I'm trying to move on. Thanks for your time. Whatever. Who cares? Do you think that she was happy or sad that people left flowers at her place on Cornelia Street? Happy, probably, because she appreciates that attention to detail. Like, she likes the Taylor Swift Redditors, you know? I had... I didn't know that people thought that song was about Joe Alwyn. I thought it was like assumed to be about Carly Kloss, but perhaps that's just me. <laughs> I think there are multiple readings. Gotcha. <laughs> I also saw TMZ suggest, this is not me suggesting it, but TMZ did, that 
someone in Taylor's camp leaked the news like affirmatively about the breakup because people like the, the, the Swifties were not picking up on the clues, apparently. Oh, interesting. So that they. I, yeah, but isn't leaking just like sort of the way they choose to announce something that they so. have to make public at some. I mean, I guess they don't have to make it public, but she think, wanted it public to move on. I think for with whatever someone reason. like Taylor Swift wants it, it. There's a certain level of like me against the paparazzi. And so hence and, and you know, like all of like the hijinks she does to avoid being photographed sometimes yeah. like being in the janitor cart. So I guess like to like put out a statement like that and like make it seem like people figured it out is like a little bit of like maneuvering. But as you say, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I don't think she was going to do like a Friday afternoon Instagram notes app, you know, like Reese Witherspoon and Jim. It's with a heavy heart. Yeah. And and in great friendship, we've decided to go our separate ways. Yeah. We support each other on our journey. You know, we ask for privacy this time. Wishing you only the best on the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, who cares? All right. Well, do your thing, Taylor Swift. Seems like the tour is really fun. I'm happy for everyone who's having a good time, including her. Yeah, it looks her. great. All right. Final note of the day. I saw some paparazzi pics of Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis at their son's soccer game. And I just had to note, Olivia Wilde was wearing an outfit that I would have killed for when I was in middle school. It is straight out of the Delia's catalog. She's wearing like those thick track pants with the rainbow Stripes mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. She's wearing like a an A shirt tank top and like a, a hat. And it's like I just it's an image that I've had seared in my brain. I'm like, she must have been like she must have been Adelia's devotee as well. Are we sure that she wasn't Adelia's model? Like No, we are not sure. She could have been. She's of the age where she could have been Adelia's model. I'm looking at these photos now. It's, it is very Delia's. That was a special moment in time. You know. After my bat mitzvah, I got some cash mm-hmm. and my parents like, you should invest it in the stock market. And I chose to buy Delia stock. <laughs> I kid you not. How's that doing? I don't think well. I don't know okay. what happened to it. That's tough. <laughs> what if you were Delia's millionaire? Google right now. That'd be awesome. I, I don't even know what happened to the company. Okay. <laughs> it was on the NASDAQ though, I remember. Okay. Delia's stock. I'm Googling it. Delia's stock <laughs> price today. NASDAQ. Uh, the, the latest. The, oh, no. Um, I just opened a post from 2014 and said it was 0.006 cents. It's very depressing. Okay. I don't even know what happened to it, but anyway, yeah, that's what I did with some of my bat mitzvah cash okay. in, well, in, in 2000 or a, 1999. A valuable lesson about investing. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I hope that Olivia Wilde didn't do that. And she's just holding on to the pants. Yeah. Me she too. Good, she looked great. Wow. I Now I got to know everything. I'm going to spend a lot of time after this Googling what happened to Delia's. Maybe we could do a history segment next week. It's a great idea. Okay. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. And thank you all for listening. And we will report back on Leonardo DiCaprio's masking in Cannes in just a few weeks. I can't wait. 